I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharePDAX. Also powered by Limitless Connect. Limitless Connect can provide digital CX solutions. The teams of Limitless Connect have years of CX experience, which equip them as the driving contact centers in the future. Sign up for a free consultation with Limitless Connect at www.limitlesscx.com. With Limitless Connect by your side, anything is possible. Also powered by Pod Machine, the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. During pandemic, the last sector that they actually recover is tourism because people are not allowed to travel. But at the same time, uh, city hotel can still thrive because of most of the hotels were being used as a quarantine hotel for the OFW. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We are in a beach right now. Uh, just kidding. but <laughs> I've known about this guy for a long time, and it's so weird because um, we I only got a chance to talk to him literally a few days ago through this... Uh, 
club party. That's not that's a bar party that I posted about. <laughs> so just before I do my usual intro, I came to this uh, party of Luisia last week. That's right. Trying to be anonymous. Because yeah, I, I, my, my first startup was nightlife. Like, all right, how do bar the bar scene comes in? I, 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 I was thinking nobody would recognize me. And the moment I walk in, the first person that recognizes me is a bouncer, and he goes, "I remember you, sir." Just like what the fuck? <laughs> so there you go. There, there goes my cover. And again, I was able to talk to this guy. I've been wanting to talk to him for the longest time, but never got a chance to have him on the show. But I've been hearing about you, so without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Rafa Juana of Coco Rafa, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here today. And again, Hi. no apologies. I've never gotten a chance to to invite you over. That's my bad. Okay, so, but finally, you're here, and I've heard about. Uh, about Kokotel so much and you again I kind of know your background a little bit but this time we will dissect your story but before I get carried away I need to ask you the million dollar question Rafa what's your hustle? Uh, so good afternoon everyone so my name is Rafa so I'm the CEO and founder of Kokotel so we are actually the biggest getaway hotel chain in the country not only in the Philippines but right now we already expanded our market in Sydney Australia we also have one in Penang Malaysia as well so we are so we are actually changing uh, the Filipino hospitality one at a time and of course our goal we want to make sure that the Filipino hospitality to be known worldwide and so far, we've already done that in the Philippines as we are the biggest getaway. And currently, we have more than 120 hotels. We are using our service right now. That is amazing. And again, that's one thing that, again, I've been, been super interested because I've seen you guys thrive in multiple accelerators, contests. You're always one of the top. If not the winner, you're always one of the top. Like, ooh, I got to have these guys. But never got a chance to actually dissect it. And again, uh, hospitality tech or tourism tech is one thing that's very, very close to the Filipinos' hearts. But before I get carried away, I need you to buckle up, my man, first. Because we need to go all the way back. Because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. Prior to the break, I had to ask you, uh, again, uh, the origin story. I've heard that you were also... uh, a keluarga. I'm not. No, no, no. Taman, 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 taman. In, in uh, Jakarta. But is is did you grow up in the Philippines or Jakarta? What was the origin story? And um, did you get exposed to entrepreneurship early on? Mm, all right, cool. Uh, so basically, I was born in Jakarta, but I moved to Surabaya. Oh, it, was, ah. it was like the second biggest city, just like Cebu yes, here in the city. Yes, yes. And I. Uh, and then, of course, I grew up there until I reached my uh, high school before I moved to the Philippines, actually to study English and Tagalog at the same time. Because wow. actually, uh, my mom is actually Filipina, but of course, my mom never uh, like tell me or teach me how to speak Tagalog. Gotcha. So that's why uh, at the same time, we, we really want to immerse in the my mom's culture as well, my mom's family as well. That's why okay. I moved there to the Philippines last 2004 and I stayed here until 2017 before I moved to Sydney for three years before I wow. went back to start the business. 
So okay, I've never gotten a chance to inv- in, uh, invite a person that's that grew up in Indo. And again, Indonesia is is if not the best, the, the biggest startup um, ecosystem in in Southeast Asia, right? And but again, if you look at the origin story of the countries that are uh, from Southeast Asia, somehow, some way, we were all um, similar because we were colonies of. Western countries before. The only difference with Indo is that they were colonized by the Dutch. But how was that like growing up? Because if you're trying to learn uh, Tagalog, I mean, Bahasa is pretty darn close. Kanan is Kanan, Gulai is Gulai, you know, Utang is Hutang. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Mahal is the same, Mura is the same, right? But right. Well, what's the culture of Indo growing up for you? And what, what, what was, what, what did it instill to your personality that you carry on till now. Okay, uh, so basically, just like what you said, almost the culture, it's almost the same. It's more on the family oriented as well. Yeah. But in terms of like the like the lifestyle, the culture, in terms uh, because I believe that you uh, the Philippines also been colonized by you. So in terms of being more liberated, yeah, Filipinos are more liberated. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Too liberated, and, actually, sometimes. <laughs> and also, we are a Muslim country, right? So basically, there's still like a religious norm that were also being implemented by the Indonesians. However, I'm Christian, so there's no problem with that. So but you can eat course, Bobby. I can eat Bobby, yeah. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's the only difference, but at the end of the day, uh, basically, it's almost the same. Gotcha. All right. That's so no, but um again, grow norms are very similar. And again, uh, uh I people assume all the time when I go to Singapore or anywhere in Southeast Asia except the Philippines, people assume I'm Indonesian. That's how I learned the how I learned Apakabar. Huh? What was that even mean? Right. <laughs> and then I figured out that's uh how are you in, in Bahasa, right? Um, but in terms of entrepreneurship. Uh, I'm I'm looking at your LinkedIn now, and it looks like you've yeah. been exposed to this very early in the in your life. What was it like in your family setup in Indo, and how did you how did that instill that uh, into you, and how you were able to, you know, uh, go from town to town? But I'm pretty sure there's something about Indo that you carry on till now. All right. Uh, okay. So basically, our family. Um, Internal family, we are actually a professional family, so we are not really an entrepreneur family. But of course, my uh, my relatives in Indonesia, they are mostly businessmen as well. So mm. I can see the difference of the lifestyle, the difference of like their hustling in terms of their uh, work and of their of their business as well. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I really was inspired to have a business since when I was still young. So I already started hustling since I was still uh, small. When mm-hmm. I started to do a lot of other uh, like small businesses like selling candies and at the same time like wow. trading arts when I was still small. But at the end of the day, uh, when my dad told me, okay, if you want to open a business, you need to do it by yourself. So it means you need to be independent so that you will know the value of money. So that is the reason why I started my career first before I really jump into the business. And eventually, actually, before I really enjoyed working, I almost forgot to become an entrepreneur until suddenly I realized that I think I'm missing some part of my life, like which is to start a business. 
and to start a startup just like everyone here, including you as well, right, Ron? So that's what makes me like try to hustle, even mm-hmm. though my parents at first did not agree with my proposal. But at the end of the day, this is my life. So we were able to... Uh, Uh, I was not able to, I mean, like, at first, it was not really a good choice because three months of our business started to become yeah, pandemic, right? So, yeah, yeah, our business got badly hit. But right now, we can already see the fruit yep. of our life. It, it's coming up. It's coming up. Uh, I think the, the <laughs> pandemic's almost over. If And if it's not, it's probably over already. But I want to uh, dissect s- several parts of your life before you t- took a jump into entrepreneurship. You said... There's something missing, but again, sometimes a lot of people are stuck within that halfway zone of do I want to be an entrepreneur or do I not want to be? And a lot of people that listen to this podcast are stuck somewhere in there, right? But before we talk about that, I want to step back first how you built your career up to that point, right? Just you said after Indo, you went to the, to the Philippines. What was that jump like? Because after the Philippines, you went to to Sydney now. To, to do and, th- and these uh, movements can be very very pivotal for somebody's life because you you uproot yourself from what you're used to now you're coming in you have to make a lot of friends different set of friends and you know you have to adapt to a certain lifestyle and studying here in the Philippines what was that like and what did that change in your mindset okay so when I moved here in the Philippines back in 2014 I was like third year high school of course at first it is it was a really culture shock right because yeah. uh, i have give a new set of friends and then at the end of the day my pet pa- uh, my dad and my mom are not here with us okay. because currently we are staying in the i mean like i'm only with my brothers during that time so of course there is a set of adjustment that we need to do in order for us to survive but that is actually also a better way for us also to be independent right yeah so because of that yeah after i graduated high school i moved uh, i studied here as well uh in the south uh back in laguna mm. uh, uh, and then of course in order uh, to study business management so okay. since we love business but uh after i graduated college in 2010 uh i i still want to study more that's why i took an mba in ateneo but at the same time i also work uh okay. in one of the multinational company here in the philippines uh Start life started to get good in terms of my career when I already start um, working in the corporate world in the Philippines. When I started to become like the youngest uh, assistant manager in JP Morgan after wow, uh, so I'm one of the youngest. And at the same time, uh, before I moved to Sydney, I was like uh, appointed as a department head in in one of the most respected multinational uh, financial news company as well. Nice. So uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I decided to say that, okay, I'm a little bit uh, well contented with my career, but I still want to learn more. That's why I moved it me to uh, study for my second master's degree. And at the same time, I got a job also there. And wow. I, and of course, uh, after I graduate, uh, I met my business partner there, which is Mr. Reginald. So during that time, like we were thinking, Uh, should I just continue my career, or at the same, or at the end of the day, uh, try to change the world? So, right. I, so after I graduated, actually, I got a job offer in a, another multinational uh, firm based in London, based in New York. But, Ooh. but of course, uh, this is like a like a dilemma because at first, like, okay, I think there is an opportunity here in the Philippines to start a new business, especially on the hospitality sector. Mm-hmm. And or should I just enjoy my 
my comfortable life in working in Sydney because that's what everyone wants, right? I mean, like people want right. to go to Sydney and I'm already here. Mm. But I took the leap of faith and moved to, Indo- to the Philippines again. And uh, that's just a big change, a big uh, adjustment again for our life because, of course, since we invested all of our money in our, into a new business, of course, we need to start again like from zero. Like I need to commute. I even write an- ANCAS or even write a jeep. <laughs> we all did. Um, we all did. That's amazing. But I want to dig deep on, on that that moment. That, that crossroads is where, again, where entrepreneurs are, or, or founders are born or are made, right? At, at that point, a couple of things that I want to find out. Because... You're not going to take the leap of faith. You're not going to scratch that itch that you've been thinking if you weren't confident that you already were good at something or several things in your in your your thing. Because again, it's hard to jump into entrepreneurship if you haven't accumulated a certain stack of skills. So what I first thing I want to find out is what were the skills you were able to accumulate when you were working with JP Morgan, with SC Johnson? And whatnot, and you when you work with with in in Sydney, that he was like, all right, I'm pretty pretty darn good at this shit. And then at that point, what pushed you over the top to then? All right, let's jump in because you said you wanted to go all in, and why hospitality of all of all things, right? So yeah, let's let's run those two questions first. What were the skill stack you were able to develop prior to jumping? All right, so probably because of my educational background, since I already have like two master's degree. Uh, at the end of the day, before we started the business, I always want to start carefully. So we do have a lot of planning. We do have a lot of bis- bif- uh, projection, business plan before we even started the business. So when uh, actually me and Mr. Reginald is like keep, keep thinking about what kind of opportunity that we need to do in order for us to uh, actually succeed in terms of our start our new startup but so we actually separate our tasks so when we started to have the idea of Cocotel, mm-hmm. uh what regional is more on in terms of like getting developer uh, at the same time like try to learn some little bit of tech in order for us to start the business but on our on my side i was more on the planning side more Got on it. like business planning forecasting uh, financial projection uh, to see if this uh, business feasible or not. So yeah. we might not be like the other startup. We just start right away or accidental back, uh, like business, but we are more on like, okay, uh, we need to be prepared uh, for every, uh, like for example, in terms of contingency plan, if this will not work well, mm-hmm. but at least we are already have the, like we are ready in terms of the backend as well. So Perfect. yeah, that's quite then when we started the business. That's great. And, and, Again, if you had a background in planning, you've been you're, you're a finance guy. You've been to two MBAs already, so you have that ability. Because a lot of founders come in and they don't have that ability. They learn that on the fly. But you've had that ability coming in. What did you see in terms of the macroscopic unit economics, whatever analysis you used in hospitality that made that made you attracted to that sector? Because there's so many sectors out there as, as yeah. well. So you work with JP Morgan, you're exposed to so many business yeah. models and whatnot. What what's in the Philippine hospitality sector that you saw an opportunity that you wanted to to take advantage of? Hmm, that's a very good question. So the reason why we started the business is because in terms of tourism, hmm. uh, Philippines actually still lagging behind compared to the neighboring countries. Yes, that's number one. 
was coming from Indonesia, right? Indonesia is one yeah. of the uh, highest, uh, second highest, like tourist destinations in Southeast Asia. Just go to Bali, man! Oh my God, it's not even. Go to Bali. Right. I mean, like, I mean, like, people even know Bali more than Indonesia, but at the end of the day, it's still Bali is still in Indonesia. Correct. Same Thailand. It's the highest. Um, like number of tourists who come to Thailand. So we found out that what happened with the Philippines. Number one, uh, we found out that. Philippines have a lot of natural resources. I mean, like in terms of their beaches, it's actually one of the top 10 beaches in the world, right? Yep. And I've been to Boracay several times. I even enjoy Boracay more than Bali, actually. Yes. So, Sorry. The beach, it's <laughs> the nightlife is pretty close, but the beach is, is not even close, man. They're yeah. Boracay all day. All right. So we, we were asking, like, what happened in here? So apparently, we found out that in terms of the marketing, their business, I mean, like in terms of tourism, it's not as vibrant as like the other countries or other neighboring countries. Uh, actually, recently I talked, to, uh, I went to Indonesia for our like ASEAN, uh, like cultural or tourism uh, event. Apparently, Indonesia actually did not consider Philippines as their destinations. Apparently, yeah, yeah it's actually number five. Um, wow. in Asia. So number one will be Thailand. Second is actually uh, Singapore. Third is Malaysia. Uh, Vietnam. Fourth is Malaysia. Right. So imagine that we are actually almost the same. So we found out that, of course, uh, the marketing of Philippine tourism is not yet that vibrant compared to the other other countries. And at the same time, uh, the Philippine hotel as well is not. When we try to check in, let's say in other online travel agencies such as Agoda or Booking.com, you can only usually see the big hotels. But there are still a lot of undiscovered hotels that can actually be able to. Uh, invite or like to put the guests in that particular hotel but of course they, they do not know how to do that that's why we said okay there is an opportunity in here to digitalize the booking here in the Philippines alright sounds good last question before we take our first break again the numbers look good you see an opportunity and a lot of people again who listen to this podcast are at that cusp what made you decide alright let's do this because again there was a nice big offer to stay in Sydney. You have a New York offer. And that's a life of stability that, you know what, that's something to end before. You know, sometimes you might even make more than an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur, there's a high failure rate. What made you, you know, take that leap? Okay. Uh, so at the end of the day, we just, I just like going back again to, our, to my route that I really want to change the world. And wow. we can start with the hospitality industry in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And we think that there's a huge opportunity, especially like there's a study that currently in the Philippines, there are more than 45,000 homes. 45,000 hotels, sorry. But wow, really? But only less than 5% are branded. So it means there are remaining 40,000 hotels. You can only see probably almost half of it on the online travel agency or internet, but how about the remaining half? Mm -hmm. That's where the huge opportunity is actually coming from. And that's why. So that's what you really like. The opportunity is too big for you to just not take it. Because, again, a lot of people, and I've, I've experienced this so many times through three startups that I've done. Yeah, A lot of people will say, you know what, Ron, I had the same idea creating a guest list company, uh, I, a chatbot company, or a podcast company. But the very first thing I always ask those type of people, why didn't you do it? Right? So 
I, I don't have anything special with me. But one thing that I really had to, you know, do was I'm gonna take shot, take the shot. Because if I'm not gonna take the shot, then I'm just gonna be one of you guys too. I'm gonna be a one entrepreneur, and I'm eventually gonna meet someone who's like, ah, you know what? I would have done what you want, what you've done, but I didn't do it, and I didn't want to have that experience meeting someone do what I plan to do. So again, amazing job. And let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's now discuss from a plan into a startup. How difficult was it? <laughs> and what happened during the pandemic and everything else in between. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Rafa Juena again of Coco Tell, who just couldn't say no to the big freaking opportunity that he had on his face. But Rafa, you saw it from the macroscopic point of view, but what was the the first punch you took in the face when, when Coco Tell happened? Because again, that's what startup life gives you. You think you've planned, plan looks good, but the first thing the, the, the plan go, your goes through is you get whacked in the face and everything goes to shit, right? <laughs> what was the first difficult thing that you never planned for? Because again, in our head, our plan was, is majestic. Every founder has that magical plan until it doesn't work. What was that for you guys? Okay, so actually, it 
nobody's perfect, right? That's yeah. number one. <laughs> so even though we have a lot of plans, like actually we I even created a fifty pages business plan in order for oh us God, to participate. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So and of course I shared it to my business partner and also potential investors. And we think that this is a very good solid plan. But of course at the end of the day, when we started to apply this plan to our business, suddenly it doesn't mean that everything is according to the plan. Yep. So we like first number one, uh, when we started the business, we started with Boracay. I think the Boracay one we still do really well, but mm-hmm. our destination was in Oslo. Uh, why we chose Oslo? That's number one. So Cebu. first we thought that Cebu because we mm-hmm. thought that uh, it's when we try to search uh, Cebu is or Oslo is one of the top ten destinations here in the Philippines. Yep. So we started to expand there, and then we try to uh, do a lot of uh, like in terms of like refurbishment. And stuff like that and we found that the market of stop is actually one stop only in in, in terms of like going tour around all around Cebu so it means people will not stay there for such a long time so God. we really like a mistake we have that we have like four properties there but at the end of the day we invested so much money in that uh in that city so in terms of the ROI it was like I thought it's gonna be like around one to two years but up until now, we haven't even recouped at least twenty percent of our. Oh my income. fucking god! Wow. So that's that, why. That so must have hurt. Yeah, it also hurt us a lot. But at the same time, we need to create our third location, which is in Shargao. Mm. Uh, Shargao is the, like the next destination, right? I mean, right. in terms of like we're at Boracay because they have the best place for surfing. Surfing. Yep. Uh, so we did also expand there, but of course we didn't include in terms of the logics logistic fee. On mm. how to transfer all of our stuff from Manila to to Shargao. but I, so it also I didn't expect that the expense will be that high on only in the transportation alone. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, uh, we were only able to recoup at least fifty percent. But okay. recently, uh, last year there's typhoon Odette. Of course, the hotel was destroyed by the typhoon. Oh my god! So yeah, at the end of the day, we <sighs> were not able to recoup investment but thank god the our partner hotel were able to rebuild in their hotel but of course we do not have any investment anymore with the uh, furniture yeah that is the most uh like stressful part on our end especially uh we try to create a cocktail brand in the country and of course yeah. we only limited amount of uh resources when we start doing yeah, but okay. I'll just go back to basics here, because again, um, I, I don't want to assume that people, er, everyone that listen now, um, understands what Cocotel. As as Cocotel, when you created the product, right? What's the value prop that you're get, trying to go? Because you you're talking about all these investments, and I feel your pain. Like, ouch. Um, that is very painful, considering that I would assume this is a very capex heavy type of business. And if you're going to bootstrap that from the get-go, that shit's going to hurt, right? And you're going to cool. need a lot of investment um, down the road. But what what's the value prop that you guys bring as Coke Hotel? And let's just say there's a property, there's all these unlisted hotels, and what do you bring to the table? And what's the grand vision you're trying to help for all these uh, destinations? All right. So at first, we started Coke Hotel because at the end of the day, we want to help uh, tourism sector in the Philippines, right? Yeah. Because right now we already have like several players in the market, but they focus more on the city hotels. But how about for the uh, destination hotel? 
So that's why we want to create our own niche in order for us to actually thrive or even work well in that sector. So mm-hmm. uh, we really want to actually uh, give uh, the independent hotel in terms of be- becoming more competitive, not only in terms of their uh, property itself, but also into digital marketing and property management. But during the pandemic, we realized that, okay, uh, during pandemic, the last sector that they actually recover is tourism because people are not allowed to travel. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, city hotel can still thrive because of most of the hotels were being used as a quarantine hotel for the OFW. Ah, yes. Just yeah, remember that, right? Mm. So that what so we decided, okay, I think we should not focus more on the soft, uh, the hard brand or putting logo. But we see that even sort of soft hotels, they also have a problem, which is how to uh, market their hotel digitally or more efficiently. So that's what is actually switch our business model and we make it as a soft brand. So soft brand means like we will help them more on the technology and reservation stuff. So that's why we change to become the one-stop shop for the reservation needs of our partner hotel. And because we were able to actually grow very fast compared to the original business model. And at the same time, save costs because we are not really using a lot of capex to rebrand the hotel right you're you're doing a infra play for them but not on like again the pictures the furnitures but really more on the discovery and booking and everything else but i'm, I'm trying to think of it from from point of view of a user right so you you have the, all the infra but the infra if these are hotels that are can't be found or can are very difficult to book at how did you get the demand from a user's point of view to then book it because at the end of the day you can build all the infra that you want but if there's not a lot of people who can find that infra and will book using that infra, considering that there are other options also, it's useless. How did you then funnel that traffic to, okay. to, the, to the, the system? All right. So first of all, uh, we do provide our partner hotel with the technology. So what we remember, okay. it will be like the property management system. In order, for example, then we will uh, assist or help our hotels to be online. So we will help them putting their listing not only in our website, but also in Agoda, Booking.com, and all the 30 plus one in travel agencies that are available worldwide. But the problem, one of the problem is if you are listing with a lot of uh, online travel agencies, you have a problem of manually allocating your properties in that, uh, in that uh, listing. But with our system, we do have a property management system in order for them to Actually, for example, there's one booking in Agoda, it will be automatically closed in other travel agencies or even our website. So we were able to solve the problem of overbooking. That's number one. And gotcha. right, your second your sec, uh, question will be like, how will we can direct traffic offers? Yeah. Uh, the traffic is number one is through the online travel agencies. Second, ah. we also put uh, digital marketing to actually promote our hotel. But of course, in order for them to since we are not doing any more refurbishment, so we carefully selected who can join our our brand, right? So we we try to look for a undiscovered uh, unique hotel that can actually be able to be promoted in order people will have the interest to go. So we wow. have one. Uh, so right now we have one hotel in Puerto Galera. It's a sixty-five rooms. It wow. is a, it, one the only castle hotel in the Philippines. There is it's, a castle it, hotel. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I can actually show it to you. So it's like in 
uh, it's like on top of the cliff. Like you feel like you are like in the in Europe when you're there. What? Okay, I did not know this. I never know that, but of course, people do not know that. And yeah. the owner is actually half Austrian, half German, and they're mm. kind of thing because there's no local. I mean, local. Is he Dracula? Because, <laughs> 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 Sure, it's not Transylvanian. <laughs> All right, that's, that's a that's a recipe to get your blood sucked out. No, but yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, so that's why we are creating like a marketing campaign about hey, you want to stay in the like the only castle hotel? Like, do you feel like you're in Europe in the yeah, uh, to a vampire? You know, so we were able actually because of that <clears throat> we. Uh, we actually invite some of the like blogger influencer to stay in that property nice. to promote. So currently, we are actually doing really well. And um, our site only, we were able to generate at least a million pesos a month. Uh, wow! With the average room rates around one thousand six hundred for the cheapest. So that's why that's uh, this is part some of the story that we were able to create. So some of hotels as well, like we also have a safari hotel. Like people can actually fit. Giraffe while they're eating their breakfast here in Tiga. Yeah, so, and we also have like the swim, uh, like a resort with at least 10 swimming pools in the resort. So, oh there are a lot of unique uh, hotels that we actually offer. And this is where we really actually want to uh, promote so that everyone will know that there's a lot of be- not only beautiful pa- places in the country, but also beautiful hotels. In the yeah, and, and again, you guys, this is not your cookie cutter um, type of hotels that everybody wants to go to. These are mm-hmm. hotels that are, again, if you just discovered it, again, imagine sleeping in that Portugal castle, you know, and now you've made an impact to Mr. Dracula's business. So he doesn't have to just seek for blood anymore. <laughs> right. And this is during the pandemic. And that's what I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Couple of things. So we all know that you ma- um, made uh, several pivots to get here, but yes. walk us through the pivots because again, you're gonna get punched in the face. Yeah. You're gonna make a lot of painful mistakes after painful mistake. But walk us through every pivot that you guys do to get to where again you're you got to the point where you're now helping the castle owner, right? Because now you, there are gonna be tries that we do that is gonna. That's going to be, again, either can make or break you. But at the end of the day, it's the founder's metal that would push it through. Because mistakes are always painful and expensive and everything else in between. But walk us through these pivots and how did you find out that the right pivot is now the path to go? Okay. So when we started the business in 2019, exactly in November, we Mm -hmm. expect, okay, this is our time. This is like, okay domestic and international tourism start to pick up in the Philippines. Right? Actually, Philippines just recorded the highest inflow of tourism in the country yep. before the pandemic. I remember uh-huh. this is I remember now where I first uh, saw you guys, final pitch. Oh final pitch, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we started during that time it's only an idea. So of course uh uh we haven't really proved it yet. Yep. So but during that time, of course, okay, this is our time. We were able to get several hotels to actually agree that, okay, some of your room will be converted into coconut rooms. And we, we started the business. But of course, uh, you know, for the last three years, except this year, okay. uh, we never experienced any summer. So, oh, you know, 
actually the place uh, the biggest or the the happiest time for the resort owner because yeah, a lot of people are going to the beach during summer. Yep. So we never experienced that since 2019 up until this year only. So the reason was that is actually 2020. If you heard about the Taal volcano eruption before yep. the pandemic, I live in Cavite, so that's yeah. pretty near. Yeah. It, it, uh, there's a lot of ashes during that asphalt during that time. Mm-hmm. So we actually just launched our first Patangas branded hotel. Oh my god. So we were not able to sell it at all. And of course we already spent like almost a million uh, in terms of refurbishing that oh, hotel. Oh shit. Wow. So yeah, so I, I said, okay, this might be temporary. But eventually COVID came. Of course. <laughs> oh, man, double whammy. Double whammy. So I said oh, did, so me and my the partner we were talking like uh, did we say we did we do or make a right decision to enter this kind of business? So that's why, like, we are quite stressed during that time. Like, how can we actually survive with this kind of business? So during the pandemic itself, of course, we have no choice but we need to retrench a lot of our employees until we only have five less left, including the founder. Wow. And in order to make sure that, like, uh, some of the, I mean, like, some of the business partner or like hotel partners still stick with us and give them moral uh, encouragement. Yeah. So so during that time, uh, we were able to realize that, okay, if we keep st- still doing this, like the hard brand, yeah. this might not work in the future because right now we try to compare with our competitor. Like, oh, okay. The reason they can do that because they have a lot of capital that were already been raised before. Yeah. So how about us? So right now we were... And we found out actually the 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 help that they need is not actually refurbishing, but actually making their property will be well known. Like so that people can discovery. stay travel discovery. So I said, okay, so I think we can do this. Uh, we let's switch our business model. Let's focus more on the technology. Let's we invest the little money that we have left uh, into the technology. And then we expect, okay, we do believe that pandemic will only probably will last most maybe after, maybe after six months and it be gone. Mm. But low and behold, it's expanded into two years, right? Up yep. till now, we're still in the uh, pandemic era still. Yeah. But uh, so, of course, we didn't expect that the, the pandemic will stay that kind of long. So we have no choice, but after we bootstrap, you need to actually look for an investor. Got it. Okay, besides idea space, of course, idea space was invested with us, but mm-hmm. that is a minuscule amount compared to what we need in order for us to survive. So that's why we have no choice, but okay, we need to be very humble and try to knock doors to a lot of people, uh, like a lot of investors, until we found one angel investor. Nice. Really life. And probably I can disclose this one of our director right now, and that is Mr. Steve C. What's up, Mr. Steve C.? There you go, the bossing of all bossings. They're the yeah. king of e-commerce. So shout out to you, Steve. Uh, yeah, so he's the TikTokerist. Steve, Steve C. <laughs> there you go. He's the one who really believes in us because basically his business model is quite the same with us. While he's more on the product side of the e-commerce of yeah. um, the products, but us more on the selling the room inventories in the other channels to increase the bookings. So that's right. why he's one who still believe that this will actually eventually recover. So we were able to get some angel funding and that's nice. why we to during pandemic in 2021, even though we expect, okay, 
I think pandemic's over. Let's mm. experience our first summer this April 2021. But once again, Delta variant kicks in and there's another uh, lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> so of course, oh, okay. God. that's like, oh my God, this is like the first, I think the, the first lockdown was from March 16, I still remember. Yeah. And imagine April is our time. So supposed to be yeah. there's food, there's uh, and the rest. And of course, we were not able to uh, feel that because it was locked down until August. So, uh, and suddenly, okay, we need to change again our strategy. Okay, right now, what we need is not more on like selling the property, but more on acquiring new potential partners. So, we speak again. So, that's why we said, okay, I think this will not still not last forever. So, before the start of the revenge travel, mm-hmm. we need to have enough inventory to accommodate to the demand. Right. So, because of that, we were able to grow, let's say, from five. When we started, it's only five in Boracay, and then before pandemic, uh, it was around 20. And around 2021, we were able to triple our inventory to 60. So during that time, uh, in 2022, when we came back again to the Philippines, uh, I I mean, I mean, myself came back to the Philippines, uh, we were able to see the benefit of getting a lot of property and experience our first summer last March. Wow, that's amazing. But all right, I'll go a little personal here because the pandemic made and break broke broke a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it will leave an indelible mark on how survival literally is 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 something that you carve out of great entrepreneurs. You know, it's not about thriving; it's about who can survive and tough this out because. You're right. Tourism is the most, or if not the hardest hit, one of the hardest hit industries in the whole world. But here we are, and we're almost out of the tunnel. But you're not going to get there if you weren't made of, you know, stone. If you if you didn't have it, if you didn't have the right co-founders and the right support system. I want to know from your point of view during these pivots and all these false starts, these very dark times. What were the bad thoughts going through your head? Because doubt when that shit creeps in, it can fuck you up, right? True. But that's where you need solid co-founders and solid advice, right? During those yeah. dark times, what were those thoughts like, and what were the advice you got to get you out of that rut? Okay, uh, so during the, the worst period of my time was around 2020 to 2021, basically, because uh, the business was hit, and at the same time, our family also got COVID. And oh of course, God. my mom got hospitalized for, and also all of us got hospitalized for one month. Oh so no. that's one of the hardest times during uh, our my life. Mm-hmm. And of course, I talked to my business partner because my business partner is also stuck in Australia because oh of the pandemic. So we, we talked like, should we still continue this business or should we just move on and then probably let's look for another opportunity. So actually, we uh, during that time, we are on the brink of okay giving up. But at okay. the end of the day, there's an offer from Kubo to join the acceleration program again. Oh, wow. So, so during that time, okay, Maybe let's try first. Maybe we just need some expert coming from, like, uh, some advice coming from the expert in the industry. Because right now, I think before we're too, I mean, like, we're too proud, probably, during that time. And we think that, okay, we are superhuman. No one can actually 
break our business and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, when when we learn during the pandemic, it's of course number one is humility, and uh, at the second time, we really try to listen from our uh, the advice from 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 the expert. Actually, I still remember that you were one of the mentors during the acceleration program as well. That was. Oh. Wow, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the remember, hell did right? I say? I hope it was yeah. useful. <laughs> yeah, it is useful, especially of like finding, like try to get connections through LinkedIn. I still remember, like if we give a strategy, how to connect through LinkedIn and the rest. Of course, at the time we we were able to talk to Steve C. I will. We were able to get uh, after Steve C. We were able to get like some small amount uh, from the Book of Venture guys because wow. of shout out. Well. The yeah. Pogi guys from Book of Ventures, George, Carlos, Saul, and Andrew. There you go. So, and actually, that is uh, before we have four co-founders, right? No only two left. Of course, the other two also quit uh, mm-hmm. because of what happened. But we said, okay, we still see that there is a potential. There are, and this is imagine what will happen if people are distorted. Actually, this is part of the ideas uh, the accelerator program in Google before yeah. they said, imagine. What will the people will feel like after two years being locked inside their house, right? Yep. So okay, so there's revenge travel. There is a bit for us to actually make power at the end of the yes, day. Yes, absolutely. So, so right now, what we learned is okay. We need to try to uh, be not as aggressive as before, but we also need to control the cost in order yeah. for us actually to survive. If there is another lockdown, another shit happens again. In yep. the future, so we were able to learn in the hard way. But people said, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So right now, we uh we were actually stronger than ever. Our cash flow is very very strong right now, That's and we great. are able as of now. That's we're amazing. Already, um, compared to our competitors, they're still at loss, but we're profitable. Right? That's a Steve C style. You gotta go through get for profit. And that's something that I very much can relate to. Because Podcast Network Asia, we have to actually add another business model to what we're doing. Because before pre-pandemic, or at least till end of 2021, the only way we made money through was through ads. We had so many podcasts, but not enough advertisers yet. And if we're only gonna bank on advertisers, dude, we're gonna die. So we had to find a way and discover our real superpower. And sometimes you don't know it, but it's hidden within plain sight in your in, in your startup. If for you guys, the superpower was not refurbishing the whole in, uh, infra and really giving them the tech to make them get discovered and superpowering all these um uh this 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 these hotels. For us, our superpower in Podcast Network Asia was our our, our ability to produce podcasts at scale. We productized that, turned that into Pod Machine, and now we're not yet. We're almost profitable. We're at the break-even point, but we literally had from go from zero MRR to end the year at break-even. So, and again, oh. once you have that ability to get to profitability, you are in control of your destiny because you don't need to raise for survival. You then become uh, one of those lucky startups that raise. Not to survive, but to keep expanding. Because if you've figured out how to make money already in this darkest of times, imagine when luck goes goes your way and you know good things start to steamroll for you. Again, congratulations, Rafa. But before we continue your amazing story, we need to take our last break. 
And when we come back, let's now uh, talk about the good stuff. How how are you then able to double down? How do you get to profitability? What are these fundamentals that you had to do? Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. 
Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, before we start this episode, I want to share with you this amazing tool that we started using in Podcast Network Asia and Pod Machine lately, and it's called Narrator.ai. Now, prior to using Narrator, one of our biggest problems in our startup was centralizing the tons of data that we have from all our podcasts and how users were using our product. We had so much data. The problem was we didn't have the right tool to interpret and make decisions fast out of them. Now, this meant we did a lot of risky guessing, which thankfully we got right, but we were a bad move away from screwing it all up. Now, instead of hiring a whole data team or building this whole thing from the ground up, we were lucky to find Narrator. Because as a startup, you need a tool that allows you to make the necessary pivots needed to scale up with your data that you can use to make great decisions fast. And Narrator is the fastest, easiest, and the most comprehensive way to get value out of your data warehouse. No more need for hundreds of rigid data models that take forever to update and can only handle a limited number of use cases. Using Narrator's activity schema, explore and analyze any data in your warehouse without having to write SQL. And I swear, if you're a startup that's scaling or a company that's undergoing digital transformation, this will blow you away. So all you have to do is go to narrator.ai and book a demo. Trust us, this is awesome. And we're back from the break. We are still with Rafa Juwena again, who told us an amazing survival story. Because again, if you're one of this, these these uh, startups who made it out of this this rut or this very dark time called the pandemic, the rock bottom again. There's no there's no way but up. You have to then take advantage of the opportunities that the post pandemic world would give you. But I want to. No, first you said you optimize for profit like a normal business would because before mindset that we had as well for Matias Network Asia was growth at all cost. That is a recipe for disaster because even the Sunicorns, some of them have struggled with that mindset. Now, all, all of a sudden, they have to go to the most basic fundamental of a business, which is to optimize for profit. What were the changes that you had to go and, and and do? So again, easily you'll say that again, you just stopped investing your capex into all these refurbishments and just double down. But what are the other things you had to change fundamentally in your financials to get to profitability? All right. So just like what you said, what I said earlier that yeah, we changed our business model in terms of uh, we invested more on uh, technology rather than the, the physical or uh, refurbishment. That's number one. But number two as well is also when we try to, after we we'll, uh, move away or we already try to eliminate the uh, furnitures and fixtures costs, we still have one fixed problem. 
although this might not sound good, but we also see that our biggest expense is actually our employee salary. Mm. So during overhead, pandemic, overhead expenses. So during the pandemic, when we grew shrink, shrunk to five people only, uh, we started to build our team little by little. When we started to when we started to can sell again some of our properties with a 50% occupancy. But at the same time, we want to make sure that, okay, if we hire, make sure that, okay, how about if there's a pandemic coming in again? So what will happen to them and the rest? So we have no choice during that time to start with an intern, so which is an unpaid, <laughs> uh, um, unpaid, uh, like employees first before, yeah. uh, they can actually, we can actually, uh, get the time so we started little by little me and my business partner are doing like the even answering inquiries wow. uh answering demands like i mean like answering also like questions coming from the owner instead of our employee so that we can still eventually save costs so we started with that and then of course we try to learn uh to do the like the lean management also in terms of lean also in terms of work workforce we invested more on the technology so that we actually remove some manual tasks that were done by the team before. Nice. So, so currently up until now, even though we already grew up to 50 employees yeah. right now, 50 but 30, uh, 22 is actually full-time, but the rest are part-timers. And yeah. We still keep doing that kind of method up until now because That's I think okay, uh, we still want to, of course, um, bring a lot of people to join our brand, but of course, we also want to learn uh, I mean, like these interns, actually, most of the interns are becoming a full time right now in Absolutely. the company. You absorb them. Yeah, we absorb because we already know how they work, how they right. communicate with the clients. So, in terms of the training itself, we are actually finding the best employee right now. Perfect. So, that's how we do it. And we still keep continuing doing this uh, up until now. Now, that's what I want to know. Because again, you had the experience of letting people go and now have to rebuild your team slowly, but now surely because of optimizing for profit. But I want to know the two things. If you rebuild your culture from the ground up, because I had to go through that a little bit, but not because we we um, we were optimizing for profit. We had a phase of great resignation. And at that point, I said, you know what? I just can't win, wing my culture. Because we live in a day and age where you know uh, the Gen Z generation are wired differently. You have to adapt your leadership style and be very, very particular over the type of people you allow to come in the business. Two things I want to find out. First off, what type of people did you start hiring? What are the characteristics that you look for when you hire them? And number two, what were the skill sets you start, started to fill in the most? Was it tech? tech? Was it sales? Was it marketing what was it what was the 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 lump sum of all these people that you had to uh assemble along the way okay so basically we need to find who can be like the next us so that's why yes. uh, we're looking for the people who have a founder mindset because of course uh as everyone uh, as you also know probably is more on like when you join a startup it's actually a different set of <clears throat> world or environment yep. Everything is fast-paced. Everyone needs to work like double role in order yeah. for us to uh, hit our target objective. So uh, a lot of people, uh, when we actually interviewed them, a lot of people were surprised about the culture because they're not used to it. So before we even started, we always tell them, okay, I want you to be the next me because at the end of the day, I want to retire. And we <laughs> that's yep. what 
to reset them. And then we uh, uh, actually during that time, of course, it's very hard to convince people, especially when we have limited budget and of course we demand a better quality. But at the end of the day, we re- we said that once we are okay, you all will be rewarded. So that's always our promise. Like, okay, if you grow, since we are small, you in terms of the corporate ladder, you can actually easily grow in a small, small, super small company to become big. So we were able to get some of the employees who have that kind of mindset. So currently, we have one employee who started as an intern. Right now, she's already a manager. So in just wow. two years, and of course, three promotions right away the team. So uh, we were able to find that kind of people. And of course, in terms of building our businesses, we already have our technology solved. Uh, we focus right now on the digital marketing and also the observation. So yeah, uh, we started to build that first because me and Reginald, we said, okay, I think we can be the the one who get more hotels because we're used to it. So that's how we save money. So yeah, I started with that first because we want to build like our commitment that every inquiries will be answered in less than five minutes because we don't want to have like any opportunity lost for that people can actually stay in our hotel, our partner hotel. So building that is quite challenging. Up until now, we still struggle, but at the end of the day, uh, we were still able to cope up with the demand and that is right. the most important thing. It's not because of us, but also because of the manager who was also working their ass off right. in order to hit the objective. That's amazing. But, Here's what I want to know, because again, through this pandemic, you have to evolve as a leader, as a founder, and as a person. It just, I don't know what, what it is about this pandemic, but just changed a lot of us and made us tougher uh, along the way. Sure. But what was the biggest learning, if you're just going to sum it all up, the, during this past few years that you had to go through? Because you said, again, you made, uh, failure humbles you, but you, despite all these failures, and near-death experiences, you push through and you still found a way to keep going. What were the what's the biggest learning you've learned uh, for yourself and from the team that you'd like to share to all the, to all the entrepreneurs listening to this? Okay, so number one, of course, never give up. Yes, because at the end of the day, if you believe that your business will actually succeed, just put forward, push, and never give up, and then. Uh, of course, you need to have the grit, right? And the founder mindset that oh, we need to work hard because at the end of the day, not only you will be rewarded, but also uh, your your shareholders, stakeholders, like your employee, your partner hotel, everyone will be happy. And that's what we actually embed in some of our employees. Actually, some of the employee before, we said, I'm sorry that we can only pay you half of your current salary because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we also have that kind of support during that time. So yeah. we are very grateful that yeah, we were not able to succeed succeed if not from our employee as well. Mm-hmm. So so that's what happened. And then second, of course, uh you need to always evolve with the current situation, right? Of course, you yes. cannot really that this is the best option. No, but just like what we said earlier, no one is perfect. Everyone uh-huh. makes mistakes. So as long as you learn from your mistake we can actually uh, survive or succeed. Right, right now, I would not say that we are on the perfect uh, place right now because we still have a lot of rooms to learn. But uh, at the end of the day, every, every time we always need to adapt to changes, always be flexible, and yep. of course, learn from your mistake. Absolutely. So that's what happened. 
So probably that is the key that we actually look for. And and right now, I think we started to reap the benefit of yep. what we uh, experienced. So, and again, it's a combination of these learnings that you, you accumulate throughout the way. Just again, failure is a ladder, right? Failure is what you use to create those steps to wherever you're gonna you want to be successful. It's not a if you fail, it's done. No, it's just something that you have to fail and then you have to pivot. Because sometimes, yeah, people mistake never giving up as stubbornly going towards one path. If you fail and then you still pursue the same path, you you want to do it, and again, you repeat the same thing over and over again, and you're expecting different results. Then that's insanity. What I'm really uh, hearing from you here, Rafa, is you really saw that, okay, shit, we hit a wall. If I push through, this is going to kill us. And you find a way to pivot. In the process, you then humble yourself first because that's the first thing we have to go over. That's the first failure you have to go through as a founder. You need to learn to accept that as a founder, you fucked up. But you can't. You can't salt because the per- the only person that can help you get out of, get out of that rut is you. And the, the whole team depends on you. Your customer depends on you. Everyone depends on you. And nobody's ever going to give you a shot better than you do. And again, amazing job. But before uh, we go to the next phase, what's next for Coco Tell? You've been to profitability. Are you guys fundraising? What do you guys are? Uh, what's, what's up next? Because again, there's going to be a lot of revenge travel over the next years to come, and I'm pretty sure Coco Tell is well-primed to take advantage of that. What's next for you guys? All right. So currently, since we were able to make our, I mean, like in terms of operations more lean, and of course, we're running in terms of profitability as of this moment, our next stop will be expansion. Again, there you go. Yes. Because right now, uh, we already partner with uh, the biggest hotel chain in in Southeast Asia, actually coming from wow. Indonesia. So right now, we are not really on there you go. <laughs> We are not only tapping the small hotels right now, but we're talking tapping big hotels. So currently, we were able to get uh, some key hotels in the Metro Mandela and also in Laguna, and we were able to close our biggest uh, hotel right now, which is in, in Boracay, which is around 600 rooms in Ventura. Wow, amazing. We're using our service right now. So at the end of the day, uh, we are currently fundraising again in order for us to keep, uh, like, in terms of expansion. Because as of now, we found out that domestic market is actually the one who really make us survive as of, as of this moment. Yeah. But international tourism will actually started to go again by first part, second part of 2023 yep. like because like right now the biggest market in the world in terms of tourism is china but china is currently still on lockdown so right. there's no uh china travel imagine if they will already start to travel again after three years right yeah so, so this is what we want to actually take advantage so currently uh we are raising actually three million dollars for our series a round uh wow. after we for round a uh, couple months back uh, so this is for us in order for us to expand not only in the Philippines, but also since we already started in Australia, it's doing really well. We just recently closed our pen in Malaysia. We want to expand not only in the Philippines, not only in Southeast Asia, but also Asia Pacific because of our new business model. It's going to be very lean for us to actually expand. So, so far, uh, we are doing really good, but at the end of the day, we need to have uh, more 
more and more hotels were using our service before the start of the international tourism. And we believe that this will actually even going back to normal again by 2024, which mm-hmm. is and a half years to actually grow. And our target is right now we're 120. Our target by next year, we will have 320 new hotels uh, in at least five countries. And then uh, we will have uh, or generate a booking revenue, a total of $20 million. So this is how we will actually uh, do in terms of the next step of expansion. And of course, at the end of the day, we will go back and again to our route that we want to make sure that the Filipino hospitality can be known worldwide. That's why we really want to expand this Filipino brand outside country. We are rooting for you. And again, congratulations, Rafa, for doing such an amazing thing. And again, we, we, we wish you nothing but the best for Coco Hotel. But before I let you go, invite people over if they want to reach out to you, work out, work with you, if they have a hotel, if they want to book, where do they go and how do they do that? All right. So if you guys, uh, first of all, uh, if for every potential partner who wants to join us, please message me directly on my Facebook, Rafael Joanna, or you can email me at rafael.joanna at cocotel.com.ph. But for the travelers out there, there's a lot of beautiful places here all around the Philippines, mm-hmm. right? Port local first, travel local, and help the community before you travel outside the country. And of course, I hope Every time you go for vacation, we have over 50 locations all around the Philippines right now. Stay with Pocotel and enjoy all the perks, benefit, and even loyalty points in order for you to get most enjoyable stay. And at the end of the day, escape the ordinary with Pocotel. Thanks. That is amazing. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. If you see a five-star rating, give us five stars. It will help. Make this podcast discovered easier. And if we did, if we did say some jargon, it's also going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of our community, we're going to we have some really good stuff coming up. It's going to be in the Hustleshare community on Facebook. Again, Rafa, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a nice day, everyone. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. 